Good morning. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> it's good to see you all. Very good. I hope you had an amazing Christmas season that we're technically still in. It's still Christmas season, so just enjoy it. It's always Christmas. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, just grateful to have you here on this New Year's Day. Just looking forward to uh, just talking about what God has for us in this year. Uh, you know, a lot of people, I don't know how many of you are, some people like love resolutions. Do you like making resolutions? Some people are resolution haters. You know, it's just like, no, that's, we don't do resolutions. Just be consistent. You know, that kind of thing. Like, I, all that's good. It's all good. It's all fine. Whatever you're into for that is fine. Um, I'd actually love for you to do something a little bit, maybe it's like a little bit of a stretch or a little different. Uh, if you just, to someone next to you, if you're by yourself, you can talk to yourself, it's totally fine. Uh, you don't want to, if you want to scoot over to next to somebody, you can, but you don't have to. But just for a minute, talk about, do you have a resolution? Do you not like resolutions? What's your deal with resolutions? Go ahead, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Thirty more seconds. <laughs> All right, that's good. That wasn't thirty more seconds, but you know, whatever, that's enough. <laughs> I heard it lull. Ah. It's also fun when you're doing that. I got to just look around at all of you. It's nice. I don't get to, I feel like I'm kind of focused when I'm talking up here. But uh, you look good. You're, you're beautiful people. So uh, it's great to, to be here with you. So I don't know like what you talked about or exactly, but yeah, like maybe you're, you're trying to think through some sort of New Year's resolution of some sort. What I would like to have us consider is to make love our resolution every year. And I want to help us understand that. And I want to help you, you understand what I mean and why I believe that's a very, very biblical thing to do and to be about. And we, we did something last year. We had this whole series called First Love, First Comma Love. The first thing we should do is love. We should return to our first love, all of that. We're going to talk about some of that today. But I want this to be actually a tradition, a new tradition here at Calvary, that the first Sunday of the year, this is what we do. This is what we talk about. We talk about first love, and we try to say, okay, my life, my year is going to be about love first. It is about that first, and I want to take a few minutes then for the rest of this sermon time to explain to you why, why that matters, why that should be our heart, and then a little bit of how, but I want you to then kind of fill in the blanks of the how in your life. So the first thought for you then with this is to remember that God loves you first. 
As you start this year, remember that God loves you first. That you are beloved. You are God's beloved. You are loved by God deeply. Uh, let's, let's do this a little bit by looking at an incredible passage of Scripture. So grab your Bibles, grab your phones, whatever you got. Bible in the back of the seat there. 1 John 4, 7 through 10. Uh, as a kid that grew up in the church, this is like... Uh, very stuck in my head from the song, First John 4, 7, and 8. That, like, beloved, let us love. Okay, so sorry if, I, if you didn't grow up in the church, you don't have that stuck in your head, which might be okay. Um, but First John 4, 7 to 10 starts here, reading in the NLT. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. Why? For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Stop there for a second. For God is love. Who is God? God is love. If God is love, this is very important. Why are, we, why are we even questioning? I don't know if you were, but like this is what we should be about. Let's keep reading. Um, verse 9, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Incredible passage of Scripture. Really, when you think about that, that is so like foundational. It is so important for who we are and who God is and how God relates to us. We know God primarily by knowing his love, that he loves us deeply and he loves us first. God loves us first. And so I want us to be a people who know God by knowing him as love and as a loving God. And it's that Agape love is this, this uh, wholehearted, active, and action-oriented love. It's sacrificial. This is the kind of love that God has for us. And so if you want to know God, to know him by his love, and it says the way he expressed his love was to send his son Jesus that died for our sins, that took the sins of the world upon himself. And so that is how he displayed it through action, through sacrifice, so that's how we know God. And so what we can first know about God or how to know God is this. All the other stuff comes afterwards, okay? All the other stuff flows out of this. And um, I think for me, sometimes like in my life, it was, uh, it was wrath first instead of love first. It was God's wrath or God's anger. God, God's sort of displeasure because it's true that, that God has given us a way to live through his word. And that we have all sinned. We have gone against his way and his word. And that's a very serious thing. That's a very serious issue that we are destined for death and hell because of that. And so God, like when you read Old Testament stories of God's wrath, that is a real thing. However, God chose to deal with his wrath or his anger or our sin. He didn't choose to deal with it by just saying, okay, you need to do more, 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 more. You need to uh, be able to, I'm just going to wipe all of you off the face of the earth and be done with all of you. No, God deals with that sin and that wrath through his sacrificial love, 
through the way he said he sent his son to take that upon himself. And so we can know his love. We need to know his love more than his wrath. Wrath is real, but I, I tended to be sort of wrath first at times. And then I, I tended to be sort of earning first at times. I don't know if that's you too, where it's, uh, oh, sometimes I like when I accidentally do that, by the way. I just, I say sometimes that's you too, and it's like my favorite band in the world. So I sort of stop in my head and I think, oh, I just love you too. They're such a great band. Uh, and it's New Year's Day. They have a song called New Year's Day. So you should listen to that today. It's a good one. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, I got distracted in my own head and just had to say it. But we, we think of earning first, and earning first is that thing of, like I was saying, like I need to do more and more and more and more to earn God's love that God needs me to be doing all of this, or that my, my obedience or my holiness is somehow achieved by me and my greatness rather than God's grace and God's power in my life and God's love, really. And so for us to get out of this like, sense of earning that God's love is there for us no matter what, Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So Christ died for us and showed his love for us while we were still sinners. So we can't earn it. So we recognize that we need to simply receive God's love. God's love is there for us, and it's a gift, and it's a beautiful thing, and we receive it. And so I want you to consider on this new day of this new year, how can you be a person that will Relate to God in a way that says, Lord, yes, I recognize you love me first. Let me just sit and bask in that, right? Just enjoy the, the beauty of God's love for you. It is real and it is for you. And so even to consider, like, what could be a, a New Year's resolution for you? To sit and to be aware of and experience God's love for you. It was one of the, the most important aspects of, of my year, honestly, was that receiving God's love. Um, I tend to be an, a, a person that's sort of wired to earn it, as I was saying. I want to earn God's love. I want to prove my love to God through my actions for him, of serving him more and more and more and more. And so I, I can be wired that way, and I can even think of, even as we consider loving God and loving people, you kind of think of like that as, as like another thing that you're supposed to just do. It's a doing, right? And so I can get kind of wired in that way. Whereas uh, for me on my sabbatical this summer, that was one of the big shifts in, in my heart and my kind of experience of God was for me to say, okay, no, this has to. And it was, sorry, not for me to say, for God to say. God was saying to me, kind of striking me with, Eric, just stop and receive my love for you. Be aware of it experience it, sit in it before you do anything else. Just sit in that and recognize my love for you. And I pray that that would be transformative for you in your life this year. Love first. Experience God's love for you first. And then out of that, then, we also need to recognize that we need to return to our first love. Okay, so we receive God's love, but recognize sometimes we need to repent and turn towards God and turn towards Jesus, who is our first love. Another verse you can turn to, it's uh, all the way in the back. I'm actually going to read it off my paper because I'm going to read it from the NASB 95, um, which I love also. Um, and I'm going to read to you verses actually 2 through 5 mostly. 
But this is a verse in Revelation where Jesus is speaking to these different churches, and he's telling them these things about them, some things of praise, but also some areas of, uh, he's kind of calling them out, okay, on some things. Now, this is what he says to Ephesus. He says, I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance, and that you cannot tolerate evil men. And you put to the test those who call themselves apostles, and they are not. And you found them to be false. And you have perseverance, and have endured for my name's sake, and have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you left your first love. Therefore, remember from where you've fallen, repent, and do the deeds you did at first. Or else I'm coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. That this church is being praised for a couple things, okay? They are being praised for their hard work and they're being praised for their pursuit of truth, okay? A couple things that they're being praised for. And we care about that stuff, okay? They're being praised like you should be pursuing truth. They were, they were calling out or kicking out these people who said they were apostles, but they were not. They were standing up for what was true and what was right. And that was a good thing they're being praised for. They also were, like it says, perseverance a couple times in there. They're working really hard. They're serving God faithfully. They're doing the right things that they should be doing, okay? Now, all of that, that is good. I think it's kind of very descriptive of, like, a lot of us. Like, we are, we are people who want to stand up for truth and we also are people who want to do the right thing, serve God in all the ways we're supposed to serve God, do the things we're supposed to do. But he says, I have this against you. You've left your first love. That they've gotten off track with why. They're, they're into the how and the what. right? They're doing the stuff, but they've forgotten the why. They've forgotten why they're doing all that stuff or why they should care about any of that. And it's Jesus. It's a love for Jesus. They've left that. They're like, they're not remembering what they did at first. For you to even consider then, okay, what were the deeds I did at first? When I first became a Christian, when, when God first really like grabbed onto your heart and you were taking your faith seriously in some way, whatever that is, like for you, Likely that was like a passionate love for God, a passionate worship of Him, sharing your faith, like these kind of things where it's just, it's, it's a love for God and experiencing the love of God that you were doing these sort of the right things, but like out of this like deep passion and care and heart, right? Rather than sort of moralism or obligation, which can slip in so easily for us. And I think that we're, we're like this. We're like, we're like this in so many ways. Here, you might be like this, where you care about this thing, these things of truth and hard work, but God's calling you maybe to think back a little bit to what you did at first, that love for him. And so that's why even on this day, I want us to like be reminded of this. How have I drifted from the, the why? I, if you remember, I don't know if you're, if you're here in one of the Christmas Eve services, and I was talking about how the, the, the manger is a pointing finger. It's something that's pointing to Jesus. We can get looking at the manger or looking at the elements, the different elements of the Christmas story, and sometimes we can get super involved in that, but we're forgetting what those things are pointing to, which is Jesus himself. And so we need to, to ground ourselves and center ourselves on love of Jesus, 
Love from Jesus, love towards Jesus. And we remember that, we repent, and we return to those things we did at first. A lot of times we can get really, really, really worried about how right we are about every little thing and how all these other people should also be just as right as we are in the same way we are, right? Like, that can get, like that, we can get really caught up in that. And that's a good thing to care about truth. However, if, if you are more caught up in that, then I think you're probably practicing some sort of moralism versus Christianity. And I want you to fall in love anew with Jesus rather than with right living, okay? Jesus is your God. Jesus loves you. Jesus gave himself for you. Are you in love with him? It's the, it's the truth of the scriptures. Because check out what we're supposed to do next. Like we're supposed to, the way we're supposed to live this out is, uh, is through the greatest commandments in the scripture. Love God first and foremost above all else. That is what we are called to do. That is what Jesus says is the greatest command. So let's read the, the story. One more, uh, grab your Bible time. Mark 12, we'll look at 28 to 34. And as you turn there, um, Mark 12, just even thinking about how, okay, if God is love, and we're supposed to re- repent and return to our first love, which is God. And then now we see this is what Jesus says is the greatest commandment. This is why I want you to get your head around love as the most important thing. Verse 28, one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized um, that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. That is very straightforward, you guys. Very, 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 very straightforward. To love God and then love your neighbor is the most important thing that you can do that your life can be about. So if we're going to say, oh, what am I going to do this new year? What's my life going to be about? Is it dropping 15 pounds? Maybe you need to to be healthy. But that's not what is important. What is most important is love. Love God and love your neighbor. And how is your life exemplifying that? Is it earning more at work? Is it setting certain goals? Is it do, you know, achieving all these things that you want to achieve in your life? Those things matter in our lives. But the most important thing has to be that God is love. And there is only one God. So love God with every ounce of your being. Every fiber of who you are should be about loving God. That is what matters most. And then he just like says, and equally important is to love your neighbor. And we'll, we'll, we'll keep going into that a little bit more. But this first thing we do is just to love God and heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
We can get a little bit more at other times into the sort of the how of each of those areas, each of those aspects. But the, the, the real key to understand is the greater concept there is that we love God with every part of us. Every, every part of who we are is supposed to be expressing love to God. Our physical body, our, our mind, our, our heart, our spirit, like our soul, all of it should just be expressing love to God. I hope you just kind of like hear the, the depth of that and like the depth of how much that matters in our lives, that we love God in this way with every ounce of our being, every thought, every emotion, every feeling, every word, every action is, is to be lived out in love to God. What's so cool is like we live that out in love to him in response to his love for us. He loved us first and he gives us the power and the grace to be able to love him back in this kind of way. And so that's, it's all coming from him. And so it's all just worship of God for for who he is and what he has done. And so I ask, is your love for God how you would start this year? uh, other versions of this say all of the commandments hang on these, all hang on these two commands. Like everything else hangs on these. So it should give us like a sense of the gravity and even how then we should live out all the other commands of God. How we would live, how we would serve, how we would um, just be obedient to God and all the other commands of God. We actually do all of that stuff with love as our motivation, Right? Not, not, again, not moralism, not obligation, but with love. That's how we do it, and that's why we do it at the same time. So God is the first of all the things that we love. He's the first in priority and the first in import, right? It's like the most important thing as well as the very first in sort of the timeline of things and all of that. So then out of that, though, we love people. We love people as, as this overflow of our love from God. And I think it's pretty incredible when he says, love your neighbor. This is equally important to love your neighbor as yourself. So we, we recognize just kind of as this whole thing's like flowing out, that God is love, so we receive love from God. We repent of ways that we've kind of strayed in, in the way that we love our lives, and we return to our first love. Then we love God. We love him. We express our love towards him. And then we love our neighbor. And then the Bible will then also, in other parts of the Bible, talk about, well, okay, who's my neighbor? Other people ask, who's my neighbor? And Jesus tells a story that really expresses that your neighbor is, yeah, it's the person you like and the person you don't like. The person you agree with, the person you disagree with. It could be your greatest enemy in the world. All of these are your neighbor, and you are called to love and serve and care for your neighbor. It's the people sitting in here. It's the people sitting in here that you just, your favorite people to hang out with. It's the people that you sit on the other side of the room because we had a disagreement 10 years ago, and I don't know if I can sit near them. Maybe some of that stuff needs to get repaired today, okay? To repair that stuff this year. The way you love your neighbor is to come in and see how conflict that has, that has been sort of breeding disunity and division and discontent and a, just a lack of love for the body here even. To consider, how do you need to live out a love for neighbor? 
How do you need to love the least of these in the way that, that God has called us to? How do you love those who disagree with you on the political spectrum or other sorts of um, ideologies and things like that? How, like, how are we living out a love for people? Because Jesus has said it is the most important thing, equally important with loving God. <laughs> it's just like 1A and 1B is loving your neighbor. And your neighbor is a lot bigger than what you think. It's not just the person that lives next door. And so I want us to be considering how will we do this? How will we be about this in our lives? And what, what we need to do is kind of like what the people of Israel had to do was they needed to be reminded. Um, one of the, the biggest sort of themes in the Old Testament is this theme of remember, don't forget. Remember, don't forget, because these people, the people of God keep forgetting. So God gives them ways to remember. And what's interesting is what Jesus is quoting here in Mark 12 is the beginning of this part of Deuteronomy 6 called the Shema. And it's this part that's like, hear, O Israel, listen, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Um, and so that is uh, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. That is something that Jewish people and many Christians, um, like that's in Hebrew saying that, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. The Lord is your God, the Lord is one. And that's just to be repeated over and over again. That's just the beginning of Deuteronomy 6, that we would love. And then at the very next verse, after it says that, it says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. That's back in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy. What's not in Deuteronomy is and now love your neighbor. Jesus added that part, okay? That wasn't in there. And maybe sometimes they were forgetting about that as well uh, because Jesus is like, hey, let's, let's, let's take this another step further, which he often does. But um, they, they took this so seriously, this whole thing of Shema, which is this word hear or listen, which really when you think about the definition of that Hebrew word, it means to both hear and obey. You can't obey without hearing, and you're not <laughs> hearing if you don't obey. You understand what I'm saying? Like, they would put that all together. That, that has to be together. Like, actually, it's kind of like the way of a parent. Like, if you, you're talking to your kid, and you tell them to do something, and they're like, yes, I agree, and then they don't do it, right? They're just standing there. You're like, no, no, no. Like, hearing me would be, you would be moving your butt and doing the dishes, right? Like, that kind of moment. And so that's what this word really means. Shema is both hearing and obeying at the same time, that that is what it means to hear. And so they would be reminding themselves of that, and then they took those words and then they put them, because it talks about you shall bind them on your doorpost um, and on your head. And so they, they put these like boxes with a little, like, a little script of the words of Deuteronomy 6 on their heads. You've seen this in like really orthodox Hasidic Jewish people. They wrap it up on their arms. They put, uh, all Jewish people put mezuzahs, which are these little things on their, um, on their doorpost. Okay, a little box on their doorpost that has this verse, the Shema, it's called, Deuteronomy 6, there as a reminder. And so I'm just saying all that because we need reminders too. So your reminder might be a mezuzah, a thing that goes on your door. It, you know, if you want to start wearing like a thing on your head that's a little box with, the, you know, with Mark 12 in it, go for it. It's up to you. But maybe it's other, other like more simpler things or more modern things like it's your lock screen on your phone or it's uh, some sort of reminder. We have pictures in our house of certain things we're trying to remind ourselves of. And 
So have some ways that you remind yourselves, and maybe that's what your resolutions are about, okay? If you could think about this year, how can my resolution be about how I can love God and love my neighbor and be able to be a person who's receiving God's love first and then able to do all of that out of God's love for me? Let that be how you start this year. May our 2023 be all about the love of God and that we've grown in our love from and for the God of the universe. And so however that looks, if that for you is a spiritual practice, if that's sitting in silence before the Lord, if that's reading the scripture, if that's in prayer, um, whatever that looks like for you. For me, sometimes even just sitting and listening to worship music with headphones on, and it's just kind of fully immersive and all the distractions are away and I just sit and, and listen to that and it helps me just to, to kind of ground myself and center myself on the love of God. I encourage you in that. One of our best reminders that we have, I think, in the practice of the church is communion. This is what a reminder that Jesus has given us. It's much more than a reminder as well, but it's maybe the deepest reminder that we remember and we give thanks for what the whole point of this is, is that Jesus is the very God of the universe who willingly came and took human form, lived the whole life with all of the struggles and pains that we go through, except he did not sin. And then he went to the cross, and he died upon the cross, and he shed his blood for us. He gave his body for us upon the cross, and then he rose again on the third day. And we are so grateful for that. And so Jesus says that we should give thanks, and Jesus says we should remember what he has done. And so we remember that as we eat the bread and we drink the wine from the cup. Uh, and so I just encourage us uh, today, that is what we will do. So um, there are little stations around the room, so not right now, but in a moment. Um, I'd love for you to come and grab the elements. There's some that are those prepackaged ones, and then there's some that's just the, the matzah bread and the juice. And so I just encourage you to come in a little bit and grab those. But what I want you to do first, we're going to just, we're just going to have like a minute or two here of just stillness and quiet. So maybe kind of prepare yourself for that. And I want you, before you get up, okay, don't just get up right away and come get in line, okay, to grab the elements. But when you do grab the elements, grab them, go back to your seat, and then I'll lead us in all taking it together in a little bit. But first, just take a moment here to sit and reflect on God's love for you, to receive God's love for you, so close your eyes, be still in this for a moment as I pray this over you. May you experience and know and be aware of the great love of God. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would pour out your love upon your people here that we would know your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Just sit in that for a minute.